Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 29, Two Left Feet in the Marriage Dance. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast today, where we are going to take a look at the challenges in our marriage and in intimacy using an analogy of dance. Now, this is super exciting for me to do because I was originally going to be a dance major at BYU, but sadly had to switch degrees when I realized just how much math was involved in the higher classes, and I am horrible at math. Like, no good, no bueno. (laughs) Now, since I wanted to be able to tie dancing in with marriage and intimacy, I started thinking about some of the common things we hear about how dancing is a challenge or why things go wrong. I'm guessing we have all heard the term of having two left feet. I have never really taken the time to find out where that idea came from and why it's used so often. So after doing a little research, this is what I have learned. The expression having two left feet implies being awkward in the way that we move. It also implies that there is a clumsiness there. One definition states that it means someone is unable to dance or move gracefully. This expression also gives us the impression that the feet are not symmetrical, like the right foot and the left foot usually are, and therefore it causes stumbling or imbalance. It was even more interesting to discover that Some of the myths about the left side are included in this phrase. I even read that the left side of the body has long been associated with not only awkwardness, but sometimes with evil. It is common for people to have a dominant side, and it is more often the right side. This is true with being right-handed and right-footed as well. With these things in mind, this phrase can go on to mean that a person with two of the less dominant foot would be even more awkward and clumsy, further causing even more stumbling and more imbalance, and moving with far less grace. Now, while it may be very obvious if someone has two left feet when they are physically trying to dance, things may not be so obvious when it comes to our marriage and intimacy. We may think that the way we are thinking and acting is totally on point and that we are totally on beat and moving along with grace. We may not even realize that some of our thinking patterns about our spouse or about intimacy are pretty similar to having two left feet and can cause even more stumbling and more imbalance in the relationship. For example, a husband and a wife were sitting in the living room having quite a lengthy discussion. 
Now, this was not a heated discussion by any means, nor was it about their relationship or any of their challenges in the marriage. They were discussing some of the recent stories in the news, the latest endeavors of an extended family member, and some of the articles they found interesting on the church's website. About 30 minutes into the discussion, the wife realized something. She was staring at her husband as he was talking, and then this thought came across her mind. Oh, sure. You want me to listen to you as you go on and on for 30 minutes straight? But if I want to talk, you can't even listen for two minutes. She continued to sit and listen, but she was filling up with anger inside. This went on for about another 10 minutes. When the conversation ended, they both went off to do their own thing for a while before they sat down for dinner. Now, the husband had no idea that his wife was fuming inside. Her anger stayed with her as she went about doing other things. Her thoughts were left unchecked, and so her mind continued to go down the rabbit hole. As she continued thinking about their discussion, she grew even more angry as her mind started rummaging through past memories, pulling up several conversations where she was doing most of the listening while her husband was doing most of the talking. Then her thoughts became even more hostile as she silently called him names in her mind, viewing him as a selfish, naive hypocrite. All of these angry thoughts and feelings triggered her to take the action of giving her husband the cold shoulder. He was so confused and could not figure out where all of this was coming from. Then this led to a heated argument, with both of them stumbling around in their own ways and both feeling like things were way off balance. And do you think this had an impact on their intimacy? Of course it did. While the husband still wanted to connect, the wife had zero feelings or desire to be intimate. And how could she? It's really hard to feel a desire to be intimate with someone when your thoughts about them are far from desirable or attractive. I see this kind of situation come up all the time in my coaching business. This wife never meant for any of this to happen, and neither did the husband. But the way our mind works on the unconscious level is much like trying to think and operate with two left feet. It's kind of like using a double dose of the less dominant side of our brain that leads to more awkwardness and clumsiness in how we move and interact in our marriage. In reality, what we really need to do is to use the higher brain by choosing to think intentional and beneficial thoughts on purpose. Doing this will definitely lead us to being able to manage our lives and our marriage with far more grace. Now, when I was a little girl, I remember watching older TV shows that showcased a lot of dancing, like with Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. 
Every time I watched them dance, their moves seemed so smooth. Grace is definitely a word that is associated with the way they danced together. And it really got me thinking about this word, grace. So how do we define grace and how is this connected to marriage and intimacy? Grace can be defined as simple elegance or refinement of movement, courteous goodwill, unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their sanctification, a virtue coming from God, approval or favor, a special privilege, a disposition of kindness, an act of courtesy, the quality or state of being considerate or thoughtful. I love these definitions. I love that there is a notion of elegance and refinement. I love the notion that goodwill and assistance can be given as a way to show our kindness, even if it's unmerited or undeserved. But I especially like the definition of grace where it's a state of being considerate or thoughtful. Now, when someone is considerate, it means that they are careful not to hurt others or cause inconvenience. This is beautiful for the marriage relationship. It means that we are careful with the feelings of our spouse, that we give those feelings careful consideration and that our thoughts are full of what their feelings truly are. When we try to bring grace into our marriage and into intimacy, we are trying to be thoughtful. This means that we are full of thoughts about our spouse, and we need to be careful about those thoughts and which kinds of thoughts we are spending our time thinking about. If we are not thinking thoughts that are courteous and kind, we need to be even more careful about what those could possibly lead to. Just like in the example I shared with the wife's thoughts running amok during the middle of a perfectly normal conversation, the thoughts she had about her husband were not carefully considered or evaluated. There was no kindness or courtesy involved, nor was there any effort to try to challenge her thoughts for the better. Now, a few days later, this wife explained to me that she did start to realize that it was happening in that moment, but that she didn't really know why or what to do about it. This is why it is so important to remember that our brain is functioning on an unconscious and autopilot mode. And it does so about 95% of the time. Her brain did what most of our brains do. It just holds onto a random thought that happens to come to the forefront of our minds. She didn't choose to think those negative things about her husband right then and there on purpose. And she hated how heated things got as a result. This is not what she wanted at all. But this is exactly what happens all the time when we aren't careful about our thoughts 
and when we don't choose the thoughts we want to think deliberately. Earlier this week, I happened to read an article that really intrigued me. It had to do with the music of marriage, and it quoted a talk by Elder Wilford W. Anderson of the Seventy, where he counseled us to strive to hear the music of the gospel instead of just dancing the steps. He said, We learn the dance steps with our minds, but we hear the music with our hearts. The dance steps of the gospel are the things that we do. The music of the gospel is the joyful spiritual feeling that comes from the Holy Ghost. It brings a change of heart and is the source of all righteous desires. The dance steps require discipline, but the joy of the dance will be experienced only when we come to hear the music. This is such a cool quote. What feelings have been in our heart lately towards our spouse? Are they feelings that are equated with kindness, favor, goodwill, carefulness, and thoughtfulness? If not, we will need to check our thoughts. After working with this wife, we looked back at the thoughts she had about her husband and decided to choose more beneficial thoughts to think for the next time a similar situation comes up. We discussed several options, and during the process, she started talking about how tired she was and how stressed she had been. She realized that she hadn't taken very good care of herself at all for weeks. Well, actually, for months. Her brain really went into high gear at this point. And she said, I really need to take some time and get the rest that my body needs. She breathed a sigh of relief right then, and I could hear the weight being lifted. She then went on to say that she had three things that had been hanging over her head for those several few months that needed her attention to complete. She vowed to get them done by a certain day, but after she got the rest that she needed, she did the thought work that was needed. She challenged her old original thoughts. She chose to think new thoughts that were beneficial and on purpose. And then before she knew it, her brain seemed to unlock just a little bit, and she quickly knew how to solve the challenges she was facing. By challenging her old thoughts about her husband, her brain was finally able to let go of them and had finally become free enough to explore all other possible solutions that had not been previously considered and her brain brought her a new one that worked. She thought about that initial conversation she had had with her husband when her mind started to drift off and think some of those negative thoughts. And then, as she started to see herself as tired and stressed in that situation, she started to see her husband differently as well. And all she could think now was how awesome it was that he was taking the time to sit there with her 
in the living room, having a full conversation with her about a variety of topics. He was totally into it. He was enjoying sharing what was on his mind with her. There he was, sharing some pretty personal and meaningful insights with her. He was sharing parts of his life's journey with her and his personal discoveries and growth with her. He wasn't out on the town trying to find someone or some random chick who might be more interested in what he had to say. He was so happy to share it with her. She wondered why she didn't see this before. But after a minute or two, she totally knew why. Her old thoughts were blocking that glorious view. And do you think she felt differently about intimacy after that? You bet she did. She viewed that experience with a totally new perspective now. And the feelings she felt towards her husband were the complete opposite from before. She knew that this situation would surely come up again and again, where her and her husband would be having a conversation where he was sharing a lot and she was listening a lot. She decided that if her mind ever started to wander off again, like the way it did before, that she was going to choose to think a new thought instead, right then and there, in that very moment. She decided that she would think the thought, look at all he is learning. I remember when that happened to me and how excited I was to share it with him. And he is sharing it with me. I could hear her smiling as she said this. It made her feel fabulous inside. These new thoughts filled her with feelings of goodwill towards her husband and she even felt quite a bit of approval in his endeavors. She looked at him as if he were becoming more refined, more elegant, more thoughtful, and more full of grace. The more grace she had working inside of herself, the more easily she seemed to see it in him. And the more she saw it in him, the more she seemed to become filled with even more grace. It was a beautiful thing for her to experience. She was no longer worried about feeling so negative if she faced this situation again in the future. Her new intentional, purposeful thoughts made her eager to listen to her husband's discoveries even more so. If you have ever wondered if our thoughts really have an impact on our desire to be intimate with our spouse, you bet they do. So how can we communicate some of this in a way that is elegant and refined? How can we express our goodwill towards our spouse? How can we be kind and show special favor to them? How can we be considerate of them and thoughtful of what they are feeling and experiencing? Maybe we can communicate to our spouse in the form of an elegant compliment, like, I really love the way you are putting all of those ideas together. 
maybe we could communicate our goodwill by reaching out, pulling them in tight and saying, it's pretty fun to watch you get so excited about all of that. Now, as we get near the end of this episode, let's turn to the scriptures and read just a little bit about grace. In Jacob chapter 4, verse 7, we read, The Lord God showeth us our weakness, that we may know that it is by His grace and His great condescensions unto the children of men that we have power to do these things. I love this scripture because it talks about our weaknesses being a vehicle for us to access the grace of our Savior, which then gives us power to accomplish things. This is truly incredible, and marriage is the perfect place for our weaknesses to show up and for us to tune in to grace. Our unintentional thoughts, if left unchallenged, will become a huge weakness of ours and will keep us from progressing in a way that is truly meaningful and significant. This next week, let's turn to the Lord and seek His help through the guidance of the Holy Ghost so that we can receive His grace as well as the power to challenge our old negative thoughts and choose to think new ones on purpose. This is a step that each of us can take so that we can experience the grace of our Savior more fully in our lives and more fully in our marriage. Because remember, the more you restore that type of intimacy within yourself, the more you can restore it with your spouse. Thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you will join me again next week.